0: Welcome to Trey's Podcast. David, could you paint a a word picture as to where we are right now? Oh, I'm no word artist, but I'll give
1: it a shot. Uh, we're in a living room that is a combination of white painted walls and also uh, there's some exposed brick. Nice framed pictures on the wall and a nice uh, open window, revealing a nice sunny day outside.
0: It is beautiful. We are we are fairly close to the YMCA Dovercourt edition, I believe. Yeah, it sounds about right. In my partner's living room, who I've never Shouted out on the show. So thank you, Miata, for letting us record in your living room. Thank you. David, can we talk about how joyless Toronto is? 100%. All right. So the other day, I was walking down the street, and I saw a sign. Mm Mm-hmm. This sign said, ball and hockey playing prohibited. Oh, yeah, that's uh, unfortunately it's pretty standard in some neighborhoods. Yeah. No, I understand that there's probably a reason, but the sign as it reads just shows the ways in which the city sucks the joy out of life.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the city as it exists today is like uh, the condo mall that was sort of paved over
0: the version of Toronto that I grew up in. John Tory, whatever his name is, give us a call. Is that um, his name? That I mean, the mayor of Toronto? Yes. That is his name. All right, well, if you're listening, give us a call. Yeah. So,
1: like most people, we've been reading the news over the internet this weekend, and I honestly don't think we have a lot of insightful things to say beyond what's already been said.
0: But we just wanted to extend solidarity and and love and compassion to Heather Heyer and her family and all the folks in Charlottesville and around North America who are fighting literal Nazis, non-literal Nazis, but people whose ideologies are comparable to Nazis, and just send love and solidarity to people who are on the street
1: yeah i mean the thing that we usually do on the show is uh, attack the hypocrisy of jewish leaders so maybe we can do a little bit of that i don't know if you're on jonathan greenblatt's uh, twitter
0: i i saw that you posted it but i didn't go too deep
1: yeah so he made a tweet essentially saying like whether it's anti-fascists or nazis we really need less violence here that's the problem
0: i don't think our listeners need to hear this from us but the equivalency is clearly absurd but actually,
1: like something that was incredibly heartening to see is that on that tweet, there were over 120 responses, people from the Jewish Internet attacking him for taking this position. And people were really taking him to task. So uh, to the Jewish Internet, that really called out the head of the Anti-Defamation League for false equivalency being drawn between fascists and anti-fascists.
0: complètement d'accord. Another thing that we do on the show is talk to people who <laughs> that are not each other, who are doing interesting work, who have interesting ideas, et cetera, et cetera. And I believe that we did one such interview that we are going to share with you now. I mean, we, we certainly did. And you were there for it. It's also recorded. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but we, we, we spoke with Jessica Rosenberg and Ariana Katz, who are both part of the Years of Radical Dreaming Jewish calendar that started last year. And uh, they're putting together a new one for 5, 7, and 7, 8.
0: The deadline for orders is coming up soon, so check them out and I uh, hope you enjoy the interview.
2: It's all we eat Kadash. It's all we eat Kadash. It's all we eat Kadash. It's all we eat Kadash.
3: Uh, my name is jessica rosenberg i am a rabbinical student and i live in west philadelphia
2: Uh, i'm ariana katz and i am also a rabbinical student and i live a block down the street in west philadelphia
1: and uh frequent listeners of the show will probably recognize you as the travestaff rabbi (laughs)
2: yes hello
1: Um, but the reason we have both of you on the line is because you've both been working on the 577a radical jewish calendar
3: yes we have (laughs)
1: um can you talk a bit about how it came together
3: how it came together was i roped a lot of people into helping with various parts so about a month before it was gonna have to go to print i said ariana Katz, i'm Losing my mind, I thought I knew how to lay out a calendar, and I have no idea how to lay out a calendar. I thought I was going to do it on paper, and with paper and pencil. And Ariana Katz was like, you're wrong about that. I I have Photoshop. (laughs) One of the things that's been amazing about this year in 5778 is that we were just much better organized, and the two of us have been working with Alyssa Martell, who also lives two blocks from us here. So we got to be a lot more intentional about how to make this calendar. Mm We were working on the layout tonight, and one of the edits I had to
2: make was, it said, Third of Adar, move Audre Lorde's birthday slightly over to the right. We're marking the assassination of Malcolm X and Moshe Rabbeinu's birth and death on the same day. It represents the Jewish community that I'm in and that I want to be a part of. And when Jess and team uh, vision this calendar in 5777, it... Felt like a really honest representation of the world that I wanted to see in the year to come.
0: Mm. For folks who didn't see last year's calendar, what kind of art, what kind of artists did you bring together for that one, and what do you have going on for this year's?
3: Um, Last year, there were some people that submitted art, and some pieces that we solicited that lifts up parts of Jewish history and culture that we don't always see represented in. Uh, Jewish art and culture. Um, Some of my, I mean, they're all my favorite, but I do actually really love Tishrei because it's the cartoon of the Yom Kippur balls, a part of Jewish history that I didn't learn about in Hebrew school. And I also really love um, something that we put together for Nissan, which is a page of IJAN, the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network's Passover Haggadah from 2003. We are trying to make both the artists who are in it and the people represented in it and the dates on it more diverse around Jewish practice, around race and ethnicity and history and background. And so that's also something that we really welcome people's feedback on. If there are dates or people that you want to see remembered in the calendar next year, we would love to hear about what pieces of radical Jewish history people want marked on the calendar. Um, so last year we had up a Google form where people could submit, but you can always email us.
1: And, uh, what's the email address if people want to get in touch?
3: Radjcal at gmail.com.
1: So for people who are used to having a Chabad calendar up in their house, uh, which I, I actually am not sure what the overlap is with the listenership of the show, but <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll see. Why, why do you think that there needs to be a different calendar?
3: So as someone who used a Chabad calendar for a lot of years, I just didn't see myself reflected in it, but I think I'm even more interested in the calendar getting to, in the hands of people who would never use a Chabad calendar or would never pick up a Jewish calendar except for this one. There's some people who want just a Jewish calendar with beautiful art and also the unique feature of this calendar being on the Jewish month. The Chabad calendar is like September, October, November, you turn the page and then it cuts the Jewish months half up in between. Um, And so this is a special calendar in that you actually get to turn the page on the Jewish month and actually like physically know when the new month, the new Jewish month starts and the new moon comes. Um, So there's some people who get the calendar because they want a beautiful Jewish calendar and who might find some of the politics of it challenging. And then there's other people who are politically at home in this calendar, um, but who wouldn't have a Jewish calendar otherwise and are maybe getting to interact with holidays that they didn't know about and stories um, in the art. That they didn't otherwise know about. Um, when I first started dreaming of this, I was living in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where there wasn't a ton of radical Jewish community, and having a calendar meant I didn't need other people for it in order to like live in Jewish time. And obviously, we want people to as much as possible be like building community in person, but this is a way where if you live somewhere where there's not politically aligned Jewish community, you can feel connected in your own in your very own home.
1: And and what's the reception been like since you put out the first one last year?
3: Um, overwhelmingly positive. People have been really excited to have a way to mark Jewish time that is in line with their political values, not only in line with, but actually uplifts and celebrates and makes more space for people's political commitments. We got one person who was like, why don't you have Yom Hatzmahut on there? It really should be. And then this year we got an email from someone that says, like, why didn't you call it anti-capitalist? It's not anti-capitalist enough. But that's, those have been the only two.
0: Wait, someone asked why it doesn't say anti-capitalist in the title?
3: No, in, in the, the description. Because we said the politics of the calendar were like feminist, queer, anti-racist, intersectional, and, and then like building a Judaism beyond Zionism. And they said, why is it not anti-capitalist?
1: I mean, it's interesting because we've gotten a lot of uh, feedback from people over the last few months, I think, more than before, sort of urging us to talk more explicitly about capitalism on the show. We've been thinking about it, like, what does that mean uh, Mm. to incorporate? Mm. So would you say that the calendar is specifically like a U.S. project or are people ordering it from different places?
3: Yeah, we last year we had bulk orders to Canada, London and Australia and this year did you see, Ariana, we have Hi. one to Sweden. What? <laughs> yes. That's great news. Yeah. We also thought of another calendar controversy that we could talk about on the radio. Mm, yes. Please. Okay, so do you know when Yom HaShoah is and why?
1: Like the commemoration of the Holocaust. Well, isn't there there's two commemorations no? One is the Zionist <laughs> one and one is the non-Zionist one?
3: That's right.
2: The date of Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Remembrance Day was set by Israel to be on the 27th of Nisan, so that it's Mm. close to the day of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, and it's a week before Israeli Independence Day. So the emotional holiday cycle, according to the Israeli Holocaust Remembrance Day, is you have Passover on the 14th of Nisan, on the 27th of Nisan, you have Holocaust Remembrance Day. And then a week later, you have Yom HaZikaron, Israeli Remembrance Day. And then that next day is Israeli Independence Day. It was engineered to be in that place so that it tells a specific story from the Holocaust to the founding of the State of Israel.
1: So you're thinking about whether to take it out?
3: Well, so what we did last year was that we didn't put Yom HaShoah on the on the day that it falls on the calendar we instead put a little like info box explaining why Yom HaShoah is when it is because the two of us couldn't- Couldn't agree. We couldn't agree about whether to put it on or not. And this was a real question of like, how much are we willing to like break with the rest of the Jewish community, um, especially on that day, like if that's when we know everybody else is observing it. Mm-hmm. And the UN's
2: International Day of Commemoration of the Holocaust is on January 27th, and that's the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. So I think in making this calendar, one of the things that I've been learning about is how and why Jewish time is engineered the way it is. And then this overlapping layer of Israeli nationalism has shed a little bit more light on all those questions around when we remember the Holocaust and how we do it. I don't know what we chose this year, but I I think Yom HaShoah should go... Even though it's the Israeli date, it, it feels like a place maybe of too much inherited trauma to touch. There's probably a piece of that for me that moving Yom HaShoah off the calendar is pushing on some big fears that weren't mine, but given to me about forgetting. Um, but yeah, so we, we had a disagreement, so we settled with a very long, wordy, leftist box of it's explanation. It's
3: informative.
1: Um, on a lighter note, I'm just curious what your favorite dates were to pencil in onto the Jewish calendar.
3: Sweet question. That's a great question. Um that would Oh 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 I can tell you right now, without thinking that hard about it, is that um do you know whose birthday is on the same day as the Stonewall riots?
0: No. I mean I might as well just throw it a guess. Who is it, Sam? Emma Goldman.
3: Emma Goldman's birthday is on the same day as the Stonewall Rebellion.
2: Oh, wow.
0: And I win a free calendar.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, wait, let Ariana say what her favorite date
2: is. This is not discovered by me. Um, But in 1885, on the 28th of Cheshvan, the Pittsburgh platform declared the reform movement's
3: rejection of Zionism. We're including that on the calendar this year because... (laughs) Because, haha!
1: I also understand that there's a contest uh, for people who want to win a free calendar.
2: Um, We, Depending on when you air this, um, the orders close on the 1st of Elul, which is the 23rd of August. Um, But I could verify that by looking at my own calendar. Um, And we're inviting people to take a picture of them with their calendar from last year or where they're going to hang their calendar from this year. And whoever posts the cutest picture, most creative picture, um, will win a free calendar, which we will mail to them.
1: Great, and yeah. uh, for everybody else that's interested in a calendar, what is the uh, website to go to to make the order?
2: So you can get a calendar by going to radicaljewishcalendar.bigcartel.com, and right now you can also snag one of the rad patches made by Jay Brager, which it says we will outlive them, and you can get a giant one or a tiny one. Orders are open until the first of Elul, which is the twenty-third of August.
0: And should folks follow you on the social medias, all that stuff?
3: Yeah, Instagram and Facebook. You can look for Radical Jewish Calendar, and there we are. Sometimes we post tiny divrei Torah
2: or pictures and bios of the artists of the month.
1: Well, I feel like that's a good note to end on. Uh, thank you both for all the work you put into this calendar, and I can't wait to see this year's.
3: Thank you so much for talking with us. We hope you both have a sweet New Year. Shana Tovah! <laughs>
1: So that was our interview. Uh, Again, orders close for the calendar at the end of August. So if you're listening to this before the end of August of 2017 and you want to make an order, get on it.
0: Also, if you're feeling generous, give us a positive rating on iTunes. As per usual, write a nice little note and tell a friend about the show
1: podcast is Sam Bick and David Zinman. A huge thanks to CKOT90.3 FM, where we usually record this podcast under the shadow of the giant cross of secularism on occupied Ganagahaga territory.
0: Many thanks to so many important people. To our staff rabbi Ariana Katz, to Sack Syndrome and Josh Dolgan for the music, to Kira Page, Claire Hertig, Cadence O'Neill. You can follow us on the social medias at Facebook or Twitter. And you can always send comments, suggestions, hate mail, love mail to treyfpodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.
1: Groovy. Well. <laughs> Uh, but according to the Jewish Telegraphic Agency, George Soros is uh, the primary financier of the BDS movement and radical leftists across the world. So, um, oh,
3: so where you my, have my check?
1: <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Like, I actually when I read that, I called. I called Sam and I was like, is, "This isn't true, is it? Like, why don't we have any funding?"